0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode at The Terrible 20s. This week, we have a really exciting topic and a super special guest today. Her name is Maddie, and she is a badass marketing manager, and we're talking about all things personal identity and career choices. How are you doing today, Maddie?
1: I'm doing really well. I'm really excited to be here. I am by no means an expert in anything that we're gonna talk about today. I am just really good at explaining how I worked through my own experiences. So that's what you can expect out of this today is maybe just someone to relate to or little nuggets of advice, but, but
0: yeah. No, that's definitely amazing. And I mean, we're all experts in our own little topics in that's life. True. So that's it's true. so nice to have someone like you on because career choices and identifying what you want to do in life, that's something I struggle with and a lot of people in their terrible 20s struggle with. So this is great. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Cool. Well, let's start off. If you could just tell us a bit about your childhood, your past, before you entered your terrible 20s era of life. What was little Maddie doing? Little
1: Maddie was a
0: troublemaker.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I got in trouble a lot for just like talking and behavioral issues at elementary school, even like all the way up through middle school. Um, I was a gymnast from the time I was like four until eighth grade, so gymnastics definitely. Um, gave me a little bit more structure and discipline in my life and as I grew up I was able to get out of those behavioral issues and channel that into um, just being a more social energetic person but like what's the word I'm looking for in a positive way.
0: No that's incredible and do you see like those aspects of gymnastics that you learned about going to practice every day, like showing up for something that you're really dedicated to, really passionate to, did that transfer over to things that you do today, like within your work, like within your social life and different things like that?
1: Absolutely. So before I did gymnastics, like in my early years of gymnastics, I was also doing soccer. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh my God, so many sports. I know, but like that's a team sport. And I I liked that I could count on other people. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, I liked that in gymnastics, it was just me. Like it was my responsibility to show up to work out, to um, take it to the next level, to do whatever. Um, And so I think that gymnastics definitely taught me a sense of personal responsibility and discipline. And it's part of the reason that um, I can work by myself in this stage in my career, um, and I can take initiative and
0: try new things. No, that's incredible. I know that a lot of people that grew up playing sports or having different hobbies that they're dedicated to, it's definitely helped them like create their own personal identity. But also we've seen recent studies that people who are in sports, that's also kind of hindered parts of their personal Mm -hmm. identity. So how would you suggest that kids that are in super competitive sports like gymnastics, maybe explore other hobbies or other parts of themselves besides that specific sport?
1: Yeah, I think it's super important to, first of all, make sure that whatever you're doing, you're having fun especially Mm -hmm. when you're like a kid. Yeah. Like there is a lot of external pressure to stay in a certain sport because either your friends are in it or you can get a good scholarship from it or, um, it's just something to pass the time. But I think that making sure you're having fun is the first thing. And then not treating that sport. Like it is your personality. Like that's just what you're known for. Um, taking like bits and pieces from it, Um, and adopting that into, like, your everyday routine. I think that that's how you can have
0: a healthy relationship with that. And especially being someone who grew up in Texas, we do not take sports of any kind lightly. Like, it's very much so the mentality, you have to be a winner, you have to get first place. Did you grow up like that? My parents actually weren't that
1: competitive in the sports world, but they were, I would say, like, academically. Mm -hmm. Um, But, of course, all of my coaches, I got that from... Bunch of gymnastics coaches, soccer coaches, all the way to basketball in high school. Um, I definitely felt the need to be competitive physically, but I think my parents kind of nurtured that other side of me, where it was like, okay, you can also be competitive with your grades or with how like I don't know how else you're gonna get involved with journalism, with I don't know,
0: reading. So no, I, was, was I was very great. well-rounded,
1: I think, thanks to my parents. Yeah. No,
0: that's amazing. Your parents sound awesome, first of all, and it definitely is hard when you do have so much pressure on you to succeed, Yeah. no matter what aspect in life, whether that's sports or school or whatever other activity or hobby. So you're doing amazing. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you. I'm trying. And I know that you mentioned, too, you're a little bit of a troublemaker, which yeah. is funny for me to think about because literally perfect child. How do you feel about that phase coming before you turned 20? Are you glad that you got it out of your system? Do you think it kind of transferred over to your life in your 20s? Or what advice would you give to parents today if their kid is still in their teens and becoming a little troublemaker?
1: I definitely got it all out of my system. Um, By the time I was in college, I was kind of over Mm -hmm. like partying and clubbing and bars, which sounds like (laughs) insane because I was like 20, 21. Uh, but I I definitely got it out of my system. My poor parents, if if you're seeing this, you probably don't know a lot of what I did in high school, (laughs) but I know that I got caught for a few things when I was younger, like maybe 15 or 16. Like I would sneak out of the house, sneak out of my like second story window, and my my parents would find like evidence of that, and I would try to be sneaky and get out of it. And like, you know, I had my fair share of groundings and having to like, leave my phone downstairs at mm-hmm. night and like in hindsight my parents were really just trying to keep tabs on me and and keep me safe but I think there's a happy medium there where sure. you have to trust your kid a little bit to make yeah. good decisions because if you're too overbearing you will create a sneaky child and if they're ever in super bad trouble which I've luckily have never been in like with the law or like physically like safety wise I don't know if I would have felt safe enough to call my parents cuz I would have been worried about like getting in trouble yeah, but that's true growing up after that I think I was able to focus more on what mattered in college which mm-hmm. like wasn't partying cuz I was able to do that um when I was younger yeah. and I was able not like to mentor my friends but I could throw in a little bit of oh hey like we could have a chill weekend like we don't have to go out and drink and do this um me and my friend who also partied with me in high school, we could kind of mm-hmm. turn it down
0: a few notches <laughs> when everyone
1: else is getting too crazy.
0: Well, it definitely sounds like it was a good thing for, for your path of life that you were able to get it out of your system I don't before you were it. in your 20s. I don't regret it, but um, would not recommend it <laughs> to anyone listening. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay, so you're a little bit crazy, but you're also doing sports at the same time, so very dedicated to your hobbies and your practices. But let's set the scene for 20-year-old Maddie where are you, what are you doing, how is life treating you?
1: I am a senior in college, so I I have a June Mm -hmm. birthday, um, and I graduated a year early, so it was 2019, 2020, when I was 20 years old, pandemic, I was living with, yeah, I was living with two of my bestest friends, Um, honestly, like, had a great time like towards the end of the pandemic. We were just staying inside and finishing up our online classes, didn't get to graduate. But I was in, I had a few other relationships in my life at that point, boyfriends, friends, I don't know, even like family members who had pressured me to have more like important status symbols, whether that was, mm-hmm. okay, well, what are you gonna do after college? Or, okay, what jobs are you working? right now. Um, And so it kind of, those relationships kind of threw me off of my natural path of journalism, videography. And and that's what you originally started studying, right? Yes. So in high school and my first two years of college, I was like broadcast journalism, Mm -hmm. editing, interviewing. And then after these relationships kind of influenced me a little bit too much, I completely switched, I freaked out, and I added a business law minor, started applying to law schools, and I took the LSAT
0: two times. That is a huge difference from a journalism major in video
1: broadcasting, oh my gosh. Very different. I was like, mm, all these people are telling me that it's important to make money, they put a lot of value on their status and their title, so what does it say about me if I yeah. don't? After I spent a few months inside during the pandemic, I realized that law school was not me. Mm-hmm. I pictured myself as a law school student, as a lawyer, wearing a suit every day, like reading oh emails, boy. That's my worst nightmare,
0: the suit life, right? Oh, God.
1: That that was kind of the first thing that like broke the scales for me. I was like, okay, what am I going to wear every day? A suit? No. Am I going to be reading, <laughs> responding to emails? No, That's oh that's just not me. And so... Mm-hmm. I kicked some people out of my life that had maybe influenced me in a bad way, Mm -hmm. and I reverted back to what I
0: enjoy doing on a daily basis, which is storytelling, editing, just creating. There's two things I want to break up there. So the first thing is, can you explain to us kind of that feeling you got, whether that be physically, like within your body, or mentally too, when you started studying to become a lawyer, taking the LSAT, just how did you know, because your mind and body, they're very much so connected and for other people that might not be confused and might not those know those signs how would you describe to them it felt that you were in the wrong place not doing what you truly wanted to do and something you really didn't identify with I
1: felt like a stranger in my own body and I I took a lot of steps to not like be a lawyer but to put myself on that path I I took an LSAT prep course for like Mm -hmm. eight weeks I worked at a law firm I took all the classes in, in undergrad, and I could just feel in my gut that I was only doing it because it's what I thought I should do. Mm-hmm. I wasn't excited about what I was learning. I was more excited about what people would think about me yeah. if I was going to be in law school or be a lawyer. So I wasn't too concerned about like, how my mind and how my heart like, really Mm -hmm. Felt about it
0: I could could just tell It was wrong So you just try to like Push the feelings aside Basically Like whenever they came up
1: Well yeah Because I've never I'd always done stuff That I thought Okay this is just A natural next step Like things always Just felt really easy And like Mm -hmm. okay Well this makes sense To do the next thing Law school I was like okay Well this doesn't feel Like a natural next step So I'm going to ignore all of these gut feelings because I know that it's just something I need to like
0: get used to or like mm-hmm. get over
1: which could have been the case but I I gave myself plenty of time to try to get used to and yeah. it never never sat right.
0: I know a lot of people aren't as fortunate as yourself to like figure out that they're doing something that they don't want to do and for me I think some of the tell signs is literally like I feel it in my stomach if I'm doing something wrong. It's almost like a knot or like you want to literally throw up is yeah. what it feels like. Yeah. And if I'm doing something right, for me, I feel it in my heart. Do you have any of those feelings like like physically when you're doing something right versus wrong?
1: I do. Whenever I'm creating like a video, like if I'm editing a video or mm-hmm. if I'm making like a graphic for social media, I feel very in charge And I feel like I could answer questions about why I'm doing things the way I'm doing them. I do get like imposter syndrome sometimes, like a lot of people do. Overall, I feel very just at peace and confident Mm -hmm. with it. Um, And I haven't felt that in any other random odd job that I've tried.
0: No, that's beautiful. And I mean, everyone deals with little things like imposter syndrome on daily basis, yearly basis, whatever you want to say. But having that majority of the time where you feel so like confident in yourself that's amazing that just makes life like a thousand times better than feeling stressed thinking about oh my god i'm going to wear a suit and just sit at a computer every day not to bash on the yeah. lawyers that's a very hard career so yes. good for you guys but
1: it's just it could not be me it it takes a lot of love like you have to love to learn you and do. I, and i do and i love to learn how to like use my hands or like use a new program but i don't love to learn statutes and laws yep. and, and how those are changing like I, I oh like
0: God. S- the opposite of that I took one business law class and I think I almost failed it and it was at the same university as you so you I don't did, know how you yep, did it yep it <laughs> oh, was Oh I did a whole
1: minor and like I had a personal law class that I took and it was um, a three-hour class once a week mm-hmm. and my professor was doing it simply because he wanted us to know what laws we were entitled to as like individuals and I really liked that because I could think about it okay yeah. how does this affect me like towards more practical it, it was very practical like landlord laws like mm-hmm. stuff like that but as soon as you get into corporate law and even media law copyright law like it's very dense it's, it's a dense lot. and it's important all of it, it is important and yeah. I don't, didn't like it.
0: <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, I'm glad you know what you want to do today and yep. you're practicing it actively. But also you mentioned, to like the relationships you had at the time, whether that be with your family or with your boyfriend, too. That was a big part that was affecting your personal identity, made you choose to follow this career path that you didn't necessarily want. How did you handle those relationships or maybe set that limit of, OK, maybe I need to distance myself or maybe I just need to set some time and think by myself? What did you do for those relationships?
1: Well, whenever I, the moment I realized that I needed to get those people out of my life was mm-hmm. whenever I had made a really hard decision for myself to stop all the law school stuff and to go back to what I felt was right for me, which was just a more creative path. And I knew it was time to get those people out whenever I was nervous to tell them. Whenever I was like, oh, yeah. I don't even want to know their opinion because I know what it's going to be and I and I don't even want to hear it. I just want them to be happy for me. Luckily, Mm -hmm. my parents and my family, they were really, really supportive. My mom was kind of like, I told you so, but like, (laughs) like I was gonna let you do it. Like you needed to see if this was right for you. Um, And I told my boyfriend at the time and he was kind of just like, oh, like, all right. Like, you know, are you sure? Like like you've done all of these things. Oh my gosh. But at that time, the pandemic had hit. I was about to graduate. I was living in Dallas, and I was mm-hmm. debating living in Austin or Dallas. I picked Austin in my mind, and my boyfriend at the time was staying in Dallas, and I was like, "You know what? I'm just gonna go, not like cold turkey, but I'm gonna just do what I need to do for me and if it's not right for him, not my problem. I, I was a little bit selfish. Oh my
0: God, Maggie. I know I was a little bit selfish. <laughs> no, that's
1: awesome for you. But we hadn't had a. A super healthy great relationship anyway yeah and after i moved to austin and started doing things for myself it was hard to learn how to do all of that it was 100 percent the right decision isn't it annoying how moms are usually right i know That's the worst the worst feeling in the world and as you get older like the more often you realize that because you're like kind of like turning over and changing a lot more yeah um my parents have given me a lot of grace and a lot of hope and faith I don't mind coming to them surrendered like okay maybe I was a little bit wrong because they don't rub it in my face
0: no that's so true I I definitely lean on my mom more than ever now in my 20s for advice than I did when I was younger because when I was younger I was just upset that she would try to give me advice and now I'm like please you're always right give me your advice I need to know what to do well because when you're a teenager like that
1: steady guiding hand is almost too like it feels too controlling and it feels Mm -hmm. like they're just trying to make me something that they couldn't be or like whatever something so dramatic and teenagery. but as an yeah. adult you're realizing that like okay they've made it this far they're happy they're successful mm-hmm. they're married or whatever why wouldn't I want to follow their advice pretty closely
0: yeah I mean almost anyone's advice is worthwhile I feel like if they've lived more life than you have at least just to listen and hear from their experience is what I think I agree yeah I also Mm -hmm. saw a TikTok the other day saying that you need to be nice to your parents because it's also the first time that they're experiencing life. And I almost started crying, Maddie, because I was like, I am such a jerk to my mom. Like, I need to go call her, give her a hug, buy her flowers, or something like that right now. I saw it too. And I want to say I texted her and I was just
1: like, hey, love you. (laughs) Like, I just had a little bit of, like, guilt, like, flashbacks from when I was, like, 15 and angsty and, like, slamming doors and just being...
0: A teenage girl but we've all been there we've definitely all been there <laughs> s- sorry mom <laughs> but now that you know what you want to do you you've broken the news to your friends your family you're you're happy with your life I know that you mentioned to me earlier when we were talking that you actually help mentor some students when you're in university and this is something that really helped you figure out personally what you wanted to do can you talk a little bit about the mentorship program how you worked with students to actually help them figure out what they wanted to do Yes, yeah, so that was actually a
1: really good, it was kind of like I say it's a God thing mm-hmm. because I was in college, I was on this whole law school track and I thought that I was so confident in what I wanted to do and, and where I was going. Um, I had a job where I mentored middle school and high school students. Mm-hmm. We had them take little like personality skills, quizzes, like, hey, what do you like to do? Yeah, Is this part of class your favorite? Why am I not? Um, and then we would show them different majors and career choices that they could have based on the skills that they currently like to do. I had to take one of the quizzes one time with a student that I was mentoring, and I found myself lying in a lot of the answers. Yeah, I was like, I love to read and write. Yeah agree strongly. I love to argue in front of people. Yeah. Agree strongly.
0: Just everything that correlated to law. And so I,
1: after I was done, I like finished up my job. I was helping the kid. I went home and I was like, man, like why am I lying to myself? Like that's not very helpful. Mm -hmm. That's kind of hurtful. So I went back and I took it again Mm -hmm. and I tried to kick out all the like things that I thought I knew about myself. And I asked actually my roommate to help me answer some of them whenever I wasn't sure. I was like, hey, do you see me as this person? Or am I happiest here or here? And my results said that I should be like a video editor or like something oh so gosh, niche where I was- what you are today. Where I was, it was so niche and I was like, okay, well, th- that's a pretty big sign. Yeah. So that was an indicator, something
0: that kind of kicked everything off. And do you have any recommendations of personality tests or maybe quizzes like this that could help other people listening at home yeah. today that you recommend? I wrote it down.
1: Let me see. don't mind me looking at my notes over here. <laughs> the Truity assessment, T-R-U-I-T-Y. That's not the one we used. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more for like students, like middle school, high school students. Okay. But Truity is for people who have maybe a little bit of job experience that have tried things, have loved things, have
0: not liked things. And I'll make sure to link all of that in the show notes for you guys listening too.
1: Yeah, so Truity has a free option. It took me like, eight minutes to take it.
0: Oh, that's not bad at all. It's not bad. Um, and it has
1: like free options where you can see different results and then you can pay and upgrade and see like even more. But I think it just puts you in the mindset to start thinking about Mm -hmm. what do I like to do on a daily basis? I took notes on this too. It kind of makes you observe yourself as a human. Mm -hmm. Okay. What do I enjoy doing on a daily basis? Do I love to water my plants? Do I love to walk my dogs? Yeah. Um, It's so important to notice the little things like that, too, honestly. Do I watch reality TV? Do I Mm -hmm. love it? And then once you can kind of pin down those things that you enjoy, without the weight of putting a job title or a career, you know, no occupation talk here, just what do you love to do? Think about why you love to do those things. Like, Mm -hmm. okay, do I like to water my plants because I like to nurture things? Because I like to assess and see what something needs? Do I like reality TV because I love storytelling? Mm-hmm. Like think truly, like why do you love those things? And then put that into the perspective. Okay, that's the type of work that I like to do. What does that look like professionally? So on the reality TV example, yeah. love reality TV, love storytelling. An obvious answer would be, hmm, maybe I could be a script writer. But also maybe you could just love connecting with people and hearing their stories. Maybe you want to be true too a career coach maybe you want to be a teacher like I don't know
0: there's just so many different options and you're right like people can translate the things they love into so many different career choices hobbies just like things you want to do in general with your life and I also think that people don't take the time to actually reflect on what they like to do and why they're doing it because when you're going through the motions it's so easy to almost become like a zombie per se on a daily basis and then you end up realizing 10 years later like Oh my god I'm at this job I'm going through the motions I hate what I'm doing like I don't even have hobbies anymore that's a huge thing I've heard people say when they go into their first career and they give everything they have to that they're not happy they've got rid of a lot of their friends and a lot of their hobbies so what advice would you give to people like that that might not think they have hobbies or feel stuck from where they are to try to realize what they want to do
1: revert back to your childhood
0: I would say mm, that's a good one.
1: I played, like, drums when I was little. I, I started a Twilight fan club at my school in middle school. Oh, like, lo- like, team Jacob till I die type of thing. I was just about to ask. <laughs> Huge Twilight girly. And so whenever I feel, like, too adult or too, like, overwhelmed with whatever's in my face, I'm going to go read Midnight Sun. I'm going to go read mm-hmm. my favorite Twilight book. Or I'm going to pick that's up awesome. Rock Band and play and, like, Love sing a band. bad song. But I would also say, whenever you do those things mm-hmm. that you know can just bring you joy, make you happy, feel at peace, really like look at how that makes you feel mm-hmm. and how peaceful you feel and compare that to what you're doing for work or maybe just compare that to a, a situation where you're feeling a little bit un-at-ease. Mm-hmm. And Understand that you feel this way when you're doing something that you want to be doing and you feel this way when you're doing something that you just should be doing, like the society tells you to do. And identify those feelings
0: and try to find those feelings in, you know, small doses throughout your day. Yeah. And it's also important to give yourself grace too, like throughout this whole process, because you might have this whole list of things that you really enjoy doing and you don't want to stress yourself out like, oh my gosh, I'm not making that connection to the career like that is totally okay like maybe put it on a piece of paper and put it by your bed or by your bathroom mirror somewhere that you're going to look at every single day because picking your career like figuring out what you want to do it's not easy like it's it's not not something that's going to happen in five minutes it's not something that even like a personality quiz can literally tell you exactly what you need to do that's all going to be like a guiding light which is very very helpful Mm -hmm. but give yourself grace like absolutely you have your whole life to figure out what you want to do. And I would
1: say that, like, you're not going to love 100% of your job. Agreed. Like, some of it is going to feel like homework. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to have, like, 40% of it where you're like, you know what? I just thoroughly enjoy talking about this and learning more about this. It's very, very rare for someone to just love 100% of your job. So don't feel insecure no, I there. I, and I would also say, like, don't be afraid to change your mind. Like That's you important. G- so. You can try things and fail at things. And failure's the only thing that actually teaches you a lesson Mm -hmm. so if you can kind of appreciate failure it can actually kind of guide you to a better path
0: I think that that's
1: that's the main thing that my mom told me like going through all my career changes and whatever she's Mm -hmm. like don't be afraid to change your mind and don't be afraid to be selfish
0: Ooh, that's definitely true
1: especially as like women in our in our 20s um and and men too I guess but like this age I'm 24 is a really rare age in your life where you have the ability to make adult decisions, but you have the responsibility to make them only for yourself. Because as soon true. as you start having family, um, really serious relationships, and kids, it like, all changes.
0: It does. And so while you can be selfish, that's true. And there's a huge stigma too, like being a girl, being young, and being selfish. Like that's one of the lessons you learn as a kid. Like do not be selfish. Do things for other people. And I'm not saying not to be a nice person, guys. That is not the lesson. But you're right. Like, if you want to do something to help improve your career, just improve yourself. Like, you should never, ever feel bad about that. Like, no. self-improvements, what it's all about. So, it's your responsibility. For you. Yeah, it is your responsibility to be. No, because
1: amazing. as soon as you can get in check with yourself and you can be really in tune, it's going to be so much easier to be selfless with mm-hmm. other people. But you got to be like right in here first.
0: That's so true. Oh, my gosh. So much wisdom, Maddie. And you're only 24. What the heck? Stop. I wish. <laughs> so now that you mentored these kids and you made that correlation between yourself and that you're a creative person, what was your first step into getting into the marketing world? Ooh. Well, when I moved to Austin,
1: mm-hmm. straight out of college, it was still a pandemic. I moved here with no job and kind of no savings. Ballsy. And kind of no okay, savings. Maddie. I know. Um, I moved here with my best friend. She was in, in pharmacy school. We found an apartment we could afford. And I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna figure it out. My mom calls me like a black cat. Like I'm always gonna land on my feet and I'm yeah. gonna figure it out. I started nannying during the pandemic cause that's what paid the most and that's who was right. hiring. And I didn't really have any post-grad experience at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a really good warm up to getting to know the city and the family I nannying for was just, Lovely, lovely, so nice. And that gave me enough security to teach myself some skills, um, to build my resume, to work on projects that I thought could get me hired. And after nannying for like a year, I met a friend, through a friend, and they had this internship at a budding music festival. And I love music, so I was like, any way I can help, Like, I'm in. I'll do yeah, free work awesome. for a little bit, I wanna do it. And so some free work, turned into like a part-time gig, turned into an almost full-time gig. Mm-hmm. And a year after that, I had a little bit more experience, figured out that maybe the music industry wasn't my, my favorite thing, it's not yeah. too stable. Through networking, I got my current job as a, my official title is like marketing manager, but I think I'm more of like a media manager. Mm-hmm. Um, it's for a med spa a med spa training academy, and um, an aesthetic school. I do all of the websites, social media content, graphics, print design, events. um. Maddie
0: runs the show, basically, is what she wants to say. She's being very humble right now for the amount of work that you do for the med spa, but it's awesome. And I don't know how you handle it for so many different accounts, because they're all different businesses, technically, too. They are. And
1: I don't technically have like marketing experience I have social media experience and that's kind of interchange nowadays which yeah. I, I don't necessarily uh, agree with but I had like a trial run at my current job so that they could see if I was a fit but also so that I could see if I was a fit no for of them. course I'm like because you're interviewing each other yeah it's we are mutual and my really good friend was the person that was leaving and I was taking her position so we had like two or three months of overlap Mm -hmm. so I was kind of lucky there that I got some formal training in the process and and what my managers are expecting Mm -hmm. and where I need to be spending my time and and where our budgets are um, and how skilled I need to be what I need to look out for so I'm I'm kind of learning on the job still but I'm very lucky to have all of the opportunities to learn.
0: Yeah. And it seems like for the situation, like you said, even getting that internship for the, the music festival or just volunteering and then moving in and getting this job, like everything flowed almost instead of how you seem to describe the story with your law degree and pursuing that. Would you say that everything just seemed to almost fall into place with this so much easier?
1: I would. Um, my whole law journey, I was always thinking five or ten years into the future, mm-hmm. and that's a really stressful way to live as, like, a 19-year-old. Yeah, like how, you're so young. I, yeah, like, 19-year-olds asking them to think five, ten years in, in advance. And obviously, at, you know, in some situations, you have to. Mm-hmm. You have to at I least agree. picture it. But that five- and ten-year goal was the only thing driving me, and therefore it was, like, stressing me out. Like, it wasn't – For sure. I wasn't setting realistic, like – benchmarks to reach. With marketing, I don't remember where I heard this piece of advice. I think it was on a TikTok, honestly. I, and it just stuck with Love me. Love a good TikTok. <laughs> it just stuck with me. It was, as long as you're taking the next right step, mm-hmm. you should be happy and you should be proud of yourself. Because you can, you can plan and try to make like, okay, this is going to be my job for this many. This is going to be my next job. This is going to be my next job. And it's probably not going to work out that way. So yeah, as long as fair. you put all of your energy in doing the next right thing, it works out and and you're not as stressed and you're not worrying about what like doesn't matter
0: and I feel like it helps you enjoy the process almost so much more and if you are that type of person that likes to plan ahead like like you said like that is a good thing like planning is never a bad thing but you almost like miss out of living in the moment if you are so focused on the future and then it's almost like you're in a haze that's at least how I feel sometimes if I think only about the future yeah it's so important to remember what you're doing right now like Enjoy the time with your friends and family. Enjoy the mistakes that you're learning. Enjoy the new things that you're learning. I agree. Don't jump ahead too quickly. Grind hustle culture is
1: very, very popular, mm-hmm. um, especially in your 20s. And if that motivates you, great. Yeah. But um, I think it's healthy to have more of a balance and understand that, yes, daily I need to be working hard. Mm-hmm. But you also have to recognize like what you've done to like get yourself to this point. And I think looking back and reflecting on how competent you were, what you mm-hmm. achieved, that kind of helps combat like imposter syndrome and yeah, it helps you make too. really informed like next steps, next decisions.
0: And yeah. I know that you said too, that you're also continuously learning about marketing and social media. And I mean, there still is no traditional education per se. I mean, you can get a marketing degree, but I'm not sure if they have a social media do they have a social media degree they probably like sub focus
1: in in social media and how that plays a role
0: but what would you advise people to do if this is like a career path they want to pursue and maybe they want to go to university or maybe they're looking at jobs instead like where would you tell people to start
1: yeah so if you're looking to do what I do which Mm -hmm. I really don't even know what you would call it yeah experience is a lot more important than like a formal college education. Mm-hmm. If you're just thinking about content creation and design, right. um, very technical skills. Marketing, I struggle the most in that area because I don't have a formal education in mm-hmm. that. I just know things that I've adopted from past jobs or just from reading, listening to mm-hmm. marketing podcasts, just like continuous education. So if you wanna be marketing, get a college degree in marketing. But if you sure. wanna do social media, content creation, practice, 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 practice. Do do it all. Video edit, interview people, mm-hmm. pick up a camera to do some photography, learn Lightroom, learn Photoshop, Illustrator, Premiere Pro, After Effects, just go through the Adobe Suite. And if you love learning all that stuff, I think you will have a really happy life and yeah. a career in that creative space. For entry-level people, learn everything so that you have more options at the beginning but as you progress in the creative industry specialize a little bit don't do things that you don't like to do i don't really care for photography anymore but Mm -hmm. i have to do it sometimes yeah friends still really good (laughs) thank you thank you friends wedding you know they need a few like extra photos like i can do that i can step up being a creative is a really really fun career life path because it can also be used as a hobby so I don't yeah. know. Did I answer your question? No, in a you roundabout did. Way?
0: And it seems like you can also like mold what you specialize in so easily. And, and you are right. Like it is important to notice when you are in a job, like the things that you enjoy, the things that you don't enjoy, because I feel like the people that are the most successful, they specialize in something so niche and they know that they are experts. And it isn't about knowing everything today, like continuously learning, like you're using these podcasts, you're reading things online, like you can always improve yourself. It does not matter what phase in life you are at. Like There's always room to grow and learn. Always. Well, especially in marketing
1: and mm-hmm. in content creation, it's growing faster. It evolves faster than most people can, really does. can keep up. with. So don't beat yourself up too much if you feel behind because I think most people feel behind. Um, but you do have to put in an effort too to learn and That's stay true. up with the times. What are yeah. the kids saying? What are the kids oh doing? do
0: It's making me feel
1: old. <laughs> what are the kids doing? I know. Well, no, I mean, you're on TikTok. I'm on TikTok. We're pretty in tune with what the kids are doing. Yeah. But I don't know, this younger generation, it's going to be, I don't know, they're going to change marketing, PR, advertising. For sure. It's,
0: they want media fast, and they want it now, and they want it in under seven seconds. And they want to be entertained with subway surfers,
1: an interview, some like, you know, slime, slime. You know what? <laughs> slime. and I get it. I, I love, I, I'll watch a subway there for political, like I'll mix those two things, but it's oh just, gosh. it's crazy that that's where we're heading.
0: It definitely is. And then in a world where there's so much involved with social media, I feel like our daily lives are intertwined with social media. How do you balance being so much of your time on social media and then also keeping your personal identity? Because you're right, you are getting so much information so fast pushed to you, but then you're also your own person at the same time.
1: I hate being marketed to, and I'm, I'm in marketing, but I hate mm-hmm. directly being marketed to. Um, I try to keep all of my work social accounts logged in on my desktop computer. And Mm -hmm. I'll keep my personal on my phone. A lot of people do that, honestly, just for like safety reasons too. Like you don't want to accidentally upload something to the company Instagram too. I will also take like no screen time afternoons. So Mm -hmm. if I get home from work, I mean, like I'll turn on the TV, but I'll read a book, put my phone away, just intentionally unplugging. You're not just gonna like drift away from it and just magically become like have a healthier relationship with it. You have to be really intentional about it but I think also on the flip side just as an individual with social media I'm sure you've heard this a million times but understanding that things that people are posting are very curated um, it is they're showing the highlight reel they're showing the best of the best of the best Mm -hmm. and then they're still editing and putting um, you know filters on it and as long as you understand that and you're not comparing your daily life to people's highlight reels yeah um, you can maintain a healthy healthy relationship with it, I think.
0: I agree, because I think social media is also like a great place for you to like voice your opinions and also show people what your personality is like. It's almost like your professional profile now, because people, when they go to hire you, they're not just stalking you on LinkedIn. They're looking at your TikTok. They are looking at your Instagram. So it it is kind of like a a good and a bad way to show people who you actually are, Um, but you are right. Being intentional with your screen time, because I know when I come home from class, from work and stuff, I can drive myself insane when that ringer goes off a million and one times from a million and one apps. And I'm like, this is too much. Like I've had enough.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I have a lot of apps that I, I've just turned off notifications. Like Me I don't too. get Instagram notifications. I don't get mm-hmm. TikTok, Twitter. I get Snapchat, but you know, Keep I, limited. I filter it. Yeah, for sure. No, that's
0: important. So what can we expect from you now, Maddie? You are still in your terrible twenties era. God. What, what are you looking to do? What do you want to accomplish? What do you want to learn? I'm gonna
1: start to um, learn how to code. Mm-hmm. I've started to use like CSS and um, HTML, and a lot of like the websites that I manage for work, and I find that I actually like p- problem solving with it. Um, it's almost like a puzzle. I feel like that's what coding seems like to me. It, I think it's it's a little bit like a puzzle. Um, it's definitely just like a different language. But mm-hmm. I have my boyfriend set up like a curriculum for me, so I'm not paying for like a boot camp just yet. Yeah. I'm gonna get the foundations on YouTube University. Um, we'll for a good
0: YouTube <laughs> University. For as long
1: as I can, and then if I love it, I'll see if I want to invest. Um, like formal training into it. And I'll see if I need to, but I think that's going to be my next part-time little like skills lab. No, that that's I'm amazing. Be doing. So we'll see. Oh my see. gosh.
0: See, yeah. learning never stops guys. Never. never, never stops. Never. And how can we support you in the life of a terrible 20 year old? Um, subscribe to this podcast. Thank you. <laughs> follow,
1: follow up your socials. Um, I'm sure that we'll have a few more collabs as you know, for sure. For sure. But, like, me personally, I'm not, like, a, a public – I'm not a social media influencer. I don't, like, have a YouTube channel or anything, but I guess you can follow me on Instagram. I'll put my – or you'll put my, like, yeah. tag. A- everything like, will be down in the show notes. Yeah. But what's your at? Um, Do you know it? M-A-D-D-I-E-E-O-W-E-N-S-S. So, Maddie Owens. And you can sign in my DMs, let me know how you know me, saw me on this podcast, and if you need any, like – Branding advice, um, any advice on some courses where you can learn like video editing, Photoshop, stuff like that. If you just want some really blanket career advice, I, I'm, I'm all ears and I'm, I'm happy to help.
0: Thank Hi. you so much for coming on the show today, Maddie. This was an amazing conversation. Thank you for having me.
1: I had You've a good time. definitely
0: given us so much advice about how to learn how we are as humans act and how to figure out what our personalities are, what we want to do in our career, those good and bad feelings, it's all amazing.
1: Yeah, well thank you for um, choosing me to be an interviewee.
0: I felt very unworthy but
1: you you not at all. No, you told me that it's just a conversation and the main goal is for people to be able to relate and maybe leave with, you know, a piece of advice that resonated with them. So I hope that at least one of you found something positive out of this. Um, thanks for listening. Thanks guys.